Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode of Conspiracy Unlimited, a British medium discusses after-death communication with Hollywood actors, including Bob Crane. He was by my bedside, um, but he was talking to me about how he was a Hollywood actor, and then he was talking about his murder. Um, This is where then she had said, oh my goodness, that is Bob. And I said, who's he? And I I felt quite bad because I didn't know who he was. This podcast is brought to you by International Star. Choosing a gift for someone special can be a daunting task. Whether it's a birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversary, or another big day, you want a gift that's unique and perfect for that person who already has everything. International Star Registry can help. They've been providing unique gift ideas for over 25 years. International Star Registry lets you name an actual star in the sky after your special someone. It's the most special gift of all time. Name a star after someone you care about, and they'll remember it forever. The address is GetArealStar.com. GetArealStar.com and give someone the gift of a real star in the sky. That address again, GetArealStar.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. My dad would have turned 95 on uh, February 12th. 
So I took an old photograph of him. I think it was taken sometime in the 1950s, old black and white photo, and in his white starched shirt. And uh, I took a couple of uh, little magnets, and I stuck it on the whiteboard in the boys' classroom where we homeschool. Uh, he passed away uh, New Year's Eve 1986. Anyway, the boys wanted to know when he was born and what he did during the war. Uh, he was a tank gunner. And then suddenly, while I'm explaining this, I, I remembered back about a dozen years ago, I had this odd experience. This was before the boys were born, and the mighty Aphrodite and I were living in a big house east of here in Unionville. Uh, so one night, we're getting ready for bed, and she sees a spider up on the ceiling over the bed. So this was the routine. I immediately leapt into action, went into the bathroom. It was an ensuite, grabbed some toilet paper, and I was leaving the bathroom. I was going to jump up on the bed and squish the spider. And I, before I left the bathroom, I distinctly heard my father's voice say, wet it first. The toilet paper, that is. Wet it first. And that's exactly what he would have said. Uh, because it's, it's easier to trap and kill the spider in the piece of toilet paper if you wet it. If it's moist. And the thing was, it didn't frighten me. I remember saying, you're right, Dad. And I turned around went back into the bathroom, wet the toilet paper before climbing up on the bed and killing the spider. I thought, hey, that was pretty cool. Thanks, Dad. Well, my next guest is in regular, almost nonstop communication with the other side. I'm not sure whether Spirit instructs her on how to kill spiders, though. Siobhan Smith is a British medium and is described by her peers as a very genuine, bright, spiritual light. Raised by Irish Catholic parents, she grew up in a haunted house with her family. An angry male spirit tried repeatedly to get the family to move. And during this time, Siobhan, her sister and mother all saw, heard, and felt the presence of this angry ghost. Growing up, Siobhan denied her spiritual gifts, but was gently nudged towards her career as a medium from the other side by her older sister, who passed away from leukemia. Known for her uncanny and accurate readings, Siobhan is also gifted in astral travel. Siobhan Smith, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm absolutely great, Richard. How are you? Lovely to speak with you today. Likewise. Thank you. So tell me, what was it like growing up in a haunted house? How did that work for you? Oh, very freaky indeed. Um, the man um, that was actually in that house wanted us out. Um, it was actually a haunted, it was haunted house, but it was a Victorian house, very old. And um, what was happening is um, my sister was quite sick at the time with cancer, leukemia, and um, we were in the middle bedroom, which was um, on the wall would be the landing, and there was a load of hammering on the wall, and it wasn't just a bang. It was very loud, like somebody had a real hammer, a real hammering at the walls, and it was freaking us all out. Dad didn't even want to get out of the bed. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, he was so desperate to get us out of that house, and mum very much um, OCD better with her cleaning, which she could see and hear and feel spirit as well, and my sister Colette, who's now passed, and my gran. But she's seen him at the top of the stairs, solid as you would see, you know, a human. And um, all she could think was, oh, how am I going to get past you? But it was a very big, very, very big chap. And um, it was really, it really got much worse when we moved into the back bedroom when my brothers were born, because they're 11 years younger than me. And um, what was happening every night, and my sister wasn't scared of spirit at all, she wasn't frightened. They didn't freak her out at all. She used to sit in the dark and there was no problem with spirit. But this 
it was almost like a banshee, like a wailing um, noise. The only way it was, it wasn't of this world. It was just, I don't know. It was very bizarre. And every time we'd scream out for mum and dad to come, they would come and it would stop. It just wouldn't happen. And they probably thought of making it up. I mean, only that mum had seen the man at the top of the stairs and then obviously witnessed the bangs of the hammering on the wall. Then they'd go back to their bedroom and it would start again. And it was all of this wailing. But the other night as well, when we were having issues in that middle bedroom was when my sister was wanting to be sick and um, the door would always open and shut. There's no problem at all. Um, it would open freely. This one particular night she wanted from it and the door wouldn't open at all dad couldn't open it we couldn't open it dad tried kicking the door in everything you can think of my dad was a very strong man as well and then all of a sudden the door just flew open on its own and we all witnessed it so this man was owning that house and was not having us in it at all he just wanted us out you know and he was just doing everything he could um really to get us out and um yeah, and we we eventually did get out of that house, but um, I do believe it's because perhaps he felt that he still owned it, you know? It right, was like, right. no, you're going, this is my house, I own this house, and you're getting out. <laughs> how, how long did you hang in there? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, was in, I would have been 13. Yeah, mum and dad, they, um, we, we stayed there. Uh, they got the house, and uh, my sister was 16. They did stay there for 16 years, but there was a load of activity that went on. I mean, it's like we had our Uncle Jimmy. That was fine. We used to have, you know, Uncle Jimmy came to see us because he was due to come and see us. Um, but then he ended up passing away, and he came, and he walked up the stairs, and we thought it was Dad, and we walked out and then seen Jimmy and heard him walk up all the stairs because they always say um, when people, if they're meant to come and see you, they will come and see you. And if they pass over, then they'll come and see you anyway. We heard him walk up every step and seen him walk up the steps there. So um, and when I was two years old, my mum said to me that my granddad had come to me because I was speaking about him. I was speaking about the man because she'd walked out the kitchen and then come back. And then she kept saying that I'd been talking about this man that had come to me. And at that time, uh, that day, my granddad had got run over, bless him. Oh, my. And I, yeah, he got run over because they ended up finding out. So that was my first experience. Um, that for me with spirit, I've always been able to communicate, see, hear, feel um, spirit. But for me, that um, that started when I was, my mum remembers um, when I was two years old. But And then she knew, uh, obviously, the, that connection there. And then and then he got run over, but he walked out and then um, didn't realise there was a car. Because back in Ireland, there wasn't many cars then. <laughs> Right. So um, this runs in this runs in the family, Siobhan. Your mother, your oh, grandmother, I, you, your sister. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um yeah, we all we all see and hear. And mum had um Diana Dawes by her bed outside. Who's, I'm sorry, had, Diana Dawes, I don't know her. Diana Dawes, she's like the English Marilyn Monroe. Ah, okay. She was a film star um in England. And um, she was always called the English Marilyn Monroe. And she was um, basically came to mum because they didn't know what was wrong with Colette because back in the early 80s, cancer was unheard of back here. Um, so they were really pulling out their hair and didn't know what was wrong with her. And then one night, obviously, because we could see here and feel spirit, Diana Dawes came to mum and um, she said, your daughter's got cancer. 
Is, that's mom. interesting. I've, so uh, the spirit of the late Diana Doris came to your mom to tell her that your daughter had cancer. That is correct. She came to mum and said, your daughter has cancer. And my mum, obviously, back then, it was the early 80s. You, you, it was the 80s. You know, you, you couldn't talk to a doctor. Didn't even know what cancer was back then. Um, it was just unheard of. The doctors, they ended up not finding out with having a cancer. She ended up having late stages of the cancer. Hmm. Um, but how do you tell a doctor that? You know, you can't at the end of the day because they didn't, they'd not, you know, it was it was very unheard of here. So, um, but um, but that's, um, that's uh, yeah, so that's what happened. With and, and when did you start channeling uh, the spirits of celebrities, people like David Carradine, a terrific actor, uh, Bob Crane. Uh, for, I, 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 now, when I grew up, Hogan's Heroes was one of my favorite TV shows. So I knew, oh, all, ab- I knew all about Bob Crane, but you were channeling Bob Crane and you didn't even know who he was. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was born in 77 and I've never heard of him. I was just, um, for me, with my readings, it all came about when my sister passed away, which is now nearly nine years ago. She pushed me into it because I absolutely didn't enjoy the spirit world, if I'm honest, back then. Freaked me out. Uh, but I do embrace it now. But she literally kept coming to me and kicking me up the butt, and she was basically saying, you're going to do this. This is what you have to do. And um, with Bob Crane, he was by my bedside, and I was um, due to this particular reading for this lady, and he was stood there when I woke up. And I said, okay, that's great. I need to go and eat my breakfast. So you're going to have to go and you're going to have to come back. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was really funny. But, um, but yeah, so I ended up then, he came back a bit later. I do get this with spirits, so I want to do to do reading sometimes. But Bob specifically will st- does stand out to me because he was stood right there as soon as I opened my eyes. Now, and, he, uh, he died a year after you were born, uh, 1978, murdered. What did yes, he, he what did he what was he trying to tell you? Oh, he told me all about that. He told me about his murder, he told me about his neck and he told me he went obviously this was the reading for the lady that I was in. It's actually her cousin, um, the lady that I did the reading for and um I was going through all of this um to do with this Hollywood actor and how he was go- kept going back to his throat and how it had been affected. He was telling me lots of different things. There was quite a lot of obviously there was a lot of private stuff that had come out as well for the reading that particular lady but she was like my god that's bob that's bob crane and i said who's he and i was i felt quite bad because i didn't know who he was but obviously for us here in england as well hogan's heroes i've now found out is like a dad's army yes a little well not quite it was more of a prisoner of war camp um but um yeah a a sitcom that took place during the war certainly Uh, it had that in common. Now, this client that you had, was she Bob Crane's cousin? Yes, they oh. are. They're cousins. Okay, they're so this family. is why he was coming through. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yes, that's why he came through. Because when I was trying to do the reading and I was explaining all about him, obviously there's a lot of private stuff that had come out in that reading, um, but he was talking to me about how he was a Hollywood actor and then he was talking about his murder. Then he was talking to me about his throat and how it was all affected. Um, this is where then she had said, oh, my goodness, that is Bob. And, um, yeah, so it was um, absolutely fascinating. Now, how do they come through? Do you see 
Do you see an apparition? Are you a physical medium? Do you hear? Do you see images? Do you hear voices? How does it happen for you? To be honest, it's all different ways, and I believe we can all do this because we're all spirit and human body. And I don't think I'm gifted at all. It's just I'm very open. For me, I see. I can see them with my eyes open. I see them with my eyes shut. I hear in my head. I hear outside of my head. Uh, I have visions. When you communicate with spirit, people think they stand there and their mouth goes ten to the dozen, and it doesn't work like that. Um, it's more of, um, well, for me now, what I do is I tune in beforehand and I write it all down. So I write about eight or, eight or nine pages before I even speak to the person I'm doing the reading for. Because um, um, spirit will always come up, come to me hours beforehand. Um, I have to tell them to go away and come back, but they're always excited, bless them, to talk. And I'm really excited to talk to them, and I love doing it, and I embrace it all. Um, but, um, yeah, literally, when I, I just sit there, now, I used to have more... When I was, like, proper communicating um, nine years ago in that past, and I decided to do this, which I knew that I could do, I would have visions on the wall, and then I was trying to understand things. But now it's just a matter I just get my book out, get my pen, and they just come and sit next to me and talk to me, and I just write down what they tell me. They sit next to you and start talking. Yeah, yeah, they sit next to me. Or, like, uh, sometimes I do the reading in my bedroom. It depends what room I'm in. And then, like, David Carradine, um, <laughs> he was stood by my bed and he was whistling. And, um, uh, like, really clearly I could hear that outside of my ear. Um, and um, when I was doing the reading for the person that I was doing the reading for, obviously a lot of private information there again. Right, but, right. But, uh, again, they explained that this is what he would do. He's very known for that for her, that he would do this whistling. Um, but yeah, he was stood by my bedside as well. So it's almost like Diana Dawes has come to her bedside. I've had Bob Crane by my bedside. I've had David Carradine. Um, but yeah, to be honest, Richard, we're all spirit and human body though, and we can all do this. This isn't a gift. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files. And what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. So when they sit beside you, you look over, do you see them in a full yes, apparition? I, sometimes I do. It depends what they want. I'm, I'm not in control of that. They, I, they can show themselves to me as fully solid, or they can just sit there and I can feel them. I can sense them. Um, if they choose to show themselves, that's up to them. If they don't want to, I just sometimes just feel them. So I know, and then I hear them. So I can hear them. And it's thought to thought as well. Spirit, they're only a thought away. So, you know, it's like you can talk to anybody. Like a lot of people that I read for are in America, but then I'm in the UK. But we can all do this, as I say. They are just literally a thought away. So it's like if you want your loved one with you, you just need to send that thought out there because it's thought to thought. And I know people think, oh, it's my imagination. But if you actually sat down and tried to read somebody and wrote things down and have that information come through, then you'd be quite surprised how much information you can actually get. Right. Now, if I could ask you about David Carradine, because he died under somewhat mysterious circumstances, uh, did he reveal whether or not he was murdered, or did he tell you anything about that? Regarding his passing, he didn't. What he did do was he did reveal a lot of private information um, between himself and my client, um, so I wouldn't be able to speak about that, unfortunately. Um, but it was very known to this client that she was aware that the information I was giving was only known between them two. Right. But he didn't reveal whether or not he was murdered or whether he died under... On that, no. On that particular reading, he didn't actually mention about that. It's like my sister. She wasn't interested when I tried to find out about her passing. I wanted to understand more. And um, when I was going to see a medium about it and I even spoke and sat with my sister myself and asked her and she's got up and walked away because sometimes I don't want to talk about it. At that time when I was communicating with him he was more interested in getting across specific information that only the client I was reading would know because it was private between the both of them so it wasn't known by anybody. Right, right. And um, your was it you, your mother I believe who was contacted by the spirit of the 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 wife of America's first serial killer, H. H. Holmes. Some people believe, some researchers believe, uh, that that uh, he was actually Jack the Ripper. That he went from London and he moved to the United States and basically picked up where he left off on his bloody rampage. That's correct. That was me. I did the reading, and um, I have permission from Diana Levering. I, it was her reading that I actually did, and she's fine for me to mention her name. And it's actually her relative. So Clara Lovering, 
is um, the lady that was married. She was born in 1860. She was married to H.H. H. Holmes in 1878-1891. Uh, she came in my bedroom by my bed, and um, I'd never heard of her um, either. So I was bringing all this information through. And in that reading, I was also bringing up about the London connection, and I was also bringing up Bond, uh, the Bond connection. I didn't realise that H.H. H. Holmes actually went under another name of Alexander Bond. Ah. Uh, yeah. So um, there was all of this gangster, all of this connection with um, with all of his behaviour. And I went back to the Cockney, London. And this is where Diana, obviously, she, she's in New Hampshire. I, this is the first time I read this lady. I didn't even hear or know about Clara Lovering because I'm in the UK. And um, when I was reading all of when I was, obviously, I wrote all of this down... And uh, she said, you're not going to believe what you're coming up with here. And I was like, my goodness, because all the information I was bringing through, and I, like I say, um, I, obviously her being in, in New Hampshire, in, in America, and I'm in the UK, I was saying this is all linking back, but I said it goes back to Cotton, London. And this is where then she said, well, because you're bringing through Clara, that's my relative, and he was married to H.H. H. Holmes, who they believe is Jack the Ripper. So this is why she said you are getting this Cockney London connection. Now, your client, uh, did she tell you who she wanted you to contact, or did this relative of hers simply come to you uh, sort of oh, without... no, she just came to me. I don't want to know anything. When I did that reading for Diana, I was... Whenever I read people, I want to know nothing. So I brought through loads of her relatives um, that are obviously recently passed, so there was loads of information in that reading that she could completely connect with. But this is where I then also, towards the end of the reading, I brought through Clara, and she was stood at the end of my bed. Hmm. And um, this is where I brought all of that information through with the connection to the London Cockney um, and all of that information connected to H.H. H. Holmes. I didn't channel um, him. Um, I just want to clarify that now. I channeled Clara Lovering, and um, she did not know that he was doing what he was doing. She didn't know about their murders. She wasn't aware of that. Right. When people cross over, though, obviously they become somewhat omniscient and all-knowing, it, it would appear. Otherwise, oh, how would... Absolutely. Yeah. They know everything. You know, they do know everything. It's like my sister. I wanted to know when my grandma was going to pass, and my sister came to me on the Wednesday because I said, I need to know... Um, and because um, I knew my grandma wasn't right, and I said, when is she going to pass? And she said to me on the Wednesday, two more days, granny will pass on the Saturday at 3.15, and on the Saturday at 3.15, my grand took her last breath. I was able to tell my partner and my two children and my mum well, um, so that we all knew, so that we were right by her bedside, and then we looked at the clock, and it was 3.15. So they do know, you know, they know, when they go to spirit, they see, they know everything, you know. Mm. Um, this is why they're able to give us that information and call warning. Sometimes. Well, I have to tell you, I'm I'm not afraid of death. I honestly, I'm not. Uh, I believe in in a life after death, and I'm very excited about that. I think it's going to be an incredible uh, adventure, really. But while I'm here on this earth, I want my body to be healthy, and uh, our bodies deserve the best. But how do we choose the very best nutritional supplements, or even know what's in them? Life Extension has been helping people stay healthy for over 35 years. Just like with the foods you eat, the quality, purity, and potency of the ingredients in your nutritional supplements really do matter. 
Life Extension Supplements set the gold standard for supporting weight loss, heart, brain, bone, joint, eye, skin, even sexual health, and so much more. Their formulas are based on the latest scientific research and clinically validated dosages. That's one reason why 98% of their customers recommend Life Extension to their friends and family. Every Life Extension product is backed by a total satisfaction guarantee. The bottom line? Life Extension is the brand you can trust with your health. Check out Life Extension products with special savings. Visit SmartClickIdea.com. That's SmartClickIdea.com. SmartClickIdea.com. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8th, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. British medium Siobhan Smith is with me here on Conspiracy Unlimited. We're talking about after-death communication and astral travel. Now, what's interesting is um, sometimes these visitations come to you from people that haven't even passed yet. For example, your sister who did pass from leukemia, I believe. She yeah, came She right. came to you, uh, Was it? A, <laughs> she appeared on your ceiling, and this was two days before she actually passed. Absolutely. She came to me two days before she passed, her physical body lay in intensive care, but her spirit was out and about and it was floating up near the ceiling and with her hospital gown on. And she had the detailed print on it as well. I was home at around 8am and she, her actual physical body was laying in intensive care in the hospital. It wasn't a vision, it was as solid as a brick wall and I'd been awake for some time. I wasn't dreaming as I say because her physical body lay in, in, in the hospital but her spirit was out in my house you don't actually need to be physically dead for your spirit to come out as bonkers as it sounds. My sister, May the 1st, 2008, my daughter's christening, and I see my sister in the back of my and dad's car um, as we approach the car park, the church car park, and I was angry because my sister wasn't able to walk on her own um, because she's had dizziness from all the cancer treatment and ended up that I see my sister solid as a brick wall in the back of the car. So she's had many strokes and paralysis so I was like why, why have they left her in the back of the car again I wasn't hallucinating or half asleep I've seen her there she's actually in the church already 
So, but she used to meditate up to three hours a day. So bilocating coming out of her body was a breeze. What she was trying to do though, because May the 1st, 2008, then May the 1st, 2009, he buried her. So she was trying to show me her tricks. Mm-hmm. You see, she's an old soul. She's an old soul mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So it's like when Jimmy died, you know, who I spoke about was walking up the stairs and she was 12. We went to the funeral and she was laughing. And I know that sounds really bad, but she said, I don't know why you're all crying because he's just there. Why are you upset? There's nothing wrong with him. He's here sitting with us. And <laughs> for me growing up with all of this, I was like, oh my goodness, why am I with these people? But I was seeing and hearing and feeling that it took time for me to accept it. And that's fine because she's an older so I'm an old soul and so is mum and so is grand, but she's a much older soul than me. And she teaches me, you know, still to this day, I'm. she's with me all the time and helping me understand it all. Because it's like, for me, I also had it where I come out of my body as well. And um, I was seen by a friend. I'm obviously in the UK. But he, he actually, his child is able to see. And his mother, his, um, the mother of, of his son, my friend, she passed in childbirth and this particular night I know that I come out of my body and I was over there overseas and I could see the family I could see what was going on I was able to see what was all going on and the next day contacted him and I explained what I'd seen and he validated all of what I'd seen and he said to me that he his son had said to him already that he'd actually seen me that night and he actually seen me with his mother. And I was with the mother, who he would always see, because his child sees them every day. She always comes and he speaks, and he sees the child sees the mother solid. Hmm. So that night he was able to see me, but it was more than that, because the child actually seen the colour of my nightwear that I was actually wearing. It was a brownie ready colour, and the child actually said, and what colour nightwear I was wearing. Right, and I think you sent me a, a, a picture of that text exchange and then a, a, a picture of what you were wearing, and you were wearing a, a red uh, bed dress, I guess, or a, a nightgown, and a, right. Um, That's correct. Now, and do you, does this, does this happen for you while you're sort of in a dream state, or do you have a conscious memory of being there? I am asleep, I go to bed, and I come out of my body, um, I have it all vividly. Mum was with me, and I, I knew we had to get out of there, we had to get out, we were on a time limit, and I believe that you come out of your body and you're on a time limit because you have to get back to your body, and I remember the urgency of needing to get back, I have to get back, we have to get back, and we were, then we were opening the door, and then boom, you're back. What happens if you don't get back in time? Do you know? I believe as well. It's almost like you're on a... I feel that you're, it's your spirit coming out, and it's almost... I do feel there's a time. I do feel you can come out for a certain period, but I do feel that you need to get back, and I keep being shown it, because I've come out of my body, and I've been... Um, like, where my daughter goes to school, I've come out, and I've actually gone to her friends, uh, the girls in the class where I've gone... And I don't know these mums, but um, I've actually gone to their house, and I've seen what's gone on, and it wasn't very pleasant. And um, I didn't tell my daughter what it was, what I'd seen, but I sort of suggested that I'd seen something wasn't nice. And she'd come out of school the next night, and she says, Mummy, 
the things that you said that you had seen and I didn't go into detail, it's happened because she's confided in me and told me. Oh, wow. So the thing, yeah. The thing is that I don't believe I'm gifted because I know that we can all do this. Um, you know, it, it, it is something that we can all do. I, I have been with my sister and I remember her taking me and I was in the spirit world and she was showing me around and she kept making me shine a light and she kept telling me, walk, don't speak, don't look at them, just shine the light. And don't don't look at them. Don't look at who? Don't look at them, don't speak. It was almost like going and because there's energy that will come to you that you will be, they'll be more attracted to you because you're the light. And it's almost like my sister kept saying, shine the light, shine the light, and just keep walking. And that day, um, she had said to me, she was chucking all these towels at me, and I um, I knew, um, and she was telling me, like, she was throwing all these towels at me, and then she shook me, and then my daughter came running in, because the bathroom, the pipes had come off, and there was water flooding the bathroom, and that's why she was shaking me and trying to chuck towels at me. Ah, to warn you, right. Absolutely flooding. But like I say, Richard, this is something we can all do. We're all spirit and human body. I'm so open, my sister said the book would never shut. (laughs) So that's why it's easier for me, but it is something we can all do. You know, it's like the visitation dreams as well. People have visitation dreams and that's real. Not every dream is for a loved one, but when they're intense and you see and you get, do you know what I mean? Well, I was going to ask you that because I am constantly, I have, uh, my father was one of 10 children and they're all gone. Oh, my father would have oh. been, would have turned 95 on February 12th. So I have a lot oh. of relatives on the other side and my dreams are populated by uh, by relatives that have passed on, not every night, but at least once a week. Uh, you know, there's a, a dream with my dad or my grandfather on my mother's side or my an uncle. It's constant. So how do I differentiate between just a, a random dream and, and an actual visitation from the spirit world? A random dream would be, oh, did I dream about them? Didn't I? Did I see them? It wouldn't have any intensity to it. A visitation, where they're actually with you in the room, would be more of you remembering it, feeling it, sensing it, waking up and having that joy. My goodness, I feel they were with me. Oh, my goodness, I feel really happy. Or I'm crying because I know when I was first having my visitations with Colette, I'd wake up and I was bawling my eyes out, um, you know, and it would it's more intense. So you remember it. You remember it. You remember seeing them. Hmm. You can feel it. You can sense it. And that is more of a visit. That's a visitation. That's them in the room with you. But a dream would be just sort of. I think I think I dreamt of them last night, but mm, not really sure. Did I? Didn't I? You know what I mean? It's all a bit vague. That's just a dream. Right. A visitation. This is something we can all do. You know, we can all have visitations. And um, again, we can all have it as well when we're awake. People, you know, it's the shadows, you see the little balls of light or you sense them. You know, like if you were doing the washing up, you could feel somebody behind you. You know, like say if you lived in a house and there were three people in that house, two male, one female, and you just knew, you could sense that it was the female that came in behind you, the one that you live with, and you turn around and it is the female. But that's how it is. It's that feeling. You know, like when you stood there and you sense and feel somebody, that's also how people can pick up on spirit because you often hear people saying, oh, I feel like somebody's watching me. Right, right. Yeah, we've certainly all had that feeling. (laughs) 
and that's real because that's them and I know it because I'm like oh who's watching me now and then I turn round and then they're there I have to say it was funny when I had this very demanding spirit she was hilarious and she was in my kitchen I haven't had this but it was really funny and she was stood by the fridge and she was poking at her wrist indicating time because I usually tune in half an hour beforehand with my readings and I was five minutes over because I was eating my lunch and then she came right <laughs> up to my face right up to my face at the sink demanding I get upstairs and get on with this and when I ended up relaying it to the lady I was reading and I explained about her I said she was you know, my mum and dad were Irish and I said well she's Irish and I said not everybody that's Irish is like this because that's not what I'm saying at all but I just wanted to clarify because she was telling me who what she was and I was explaining her whole personality and how forceful she was and demanding and she laughed her head off because she said that's exactly what she was like in life and I said well she's like it now and she loved that because she said that's great she get and I said because she's not changed we don't change our personality here how we're going to be in the spirit world we don't just suddenly turn into angels or you know sprout wings or whatever else we are who we are and i think it's great you know whether we are larger than life or whether we're quiet or whatever way we are that's us the people the, the people that communicate with you are they earthbound spirits in other words they haven't you know made the transition or are you able to also communicate with people who truly are on the other side. I don't know if you use the word heaven or not, but uh, so explain that to me, like the earthbound spirits versus people that have that have moved beyond the veil, if you will. Me personally, I believe that it's more of people that are stuck here would be more of like a ghost. So sort of like that man that was going on in our house that haunted house he doesn't want to I mean back then obviously I was a kid I would know how to deal with it now and I'd help him go to the light so he would I would be saying earthbound but for me with all the spirits I bring through they have gone they've transitioned they've gone to where they need to go um, you know and for me with heaven and hell I was raised with religion and I think religion is wonderful for everybody and um, whatever way you want to be with your life that's brilliant um, and whatever you believe whatever is good for you for me, what I understand from spirit, and I can only give you from what I'm told from spirit, it's almost like a heaven and hell of uh, behavior. So it's almost like um, whatever way your behavior is here. So if you're a good person, then it's almost like when you pass over that you get to see it, feel it all. So they would get to see and feel through other people's eyes how their actions were, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that is where it would then create a heaven-like afterlife. So it would be heaven-like reality for them because they get to see, feel, and hear their behavior through other people's eyes and they see it all and feel it all. Whereas also if you're bad, I've also been told and I understand from spirit that they then get to see and feel what they've done. So, so say somebody that's murdered somebody, they think they've got away with it here. They'll go over to the other side. They'll not only meet up with the person, you know, if that person, that spirit wants to meet them, they may not choose to at that point, but they will go over and they will have to sit there and see everything, but they will feel it through the eyes of the person that they murdered and also the victims as well. And relive so, that, relive it over and oh, over yeah. for eternity? They, no. They will have that opportunity to show remorse they will have the opportunity to work through that on the other side because obviously there's our guides, there's the higher beings over there. They would have to obviously show remorse 
they would obviously, there would be this healing process, that they, but it's about a choice. They would need to be able to go through this. And then if that spirit then, who was murdered and their victims, the, the families as well, if they choose then to do that, you know, it's so how so many spirits come through and they fall on their knees begging for forgiveness from people that are living. And I explain to people, because I deal with so much depth in my readings. My readings are not just passing on uh, good messages. It also can go quite deep as well into loads of different areas. So it's almost like a therapy as well, which is good, because it's almost like spirits will come through, and if they have done bad things, they will try and uh, that moment to try and say that they're sorry, because they will have gone through it on the other side, seen it, felt it, and realised majority of spirits I've dealt with uh, have realised they've done wrong um, when this happens on occasions with my readings and then this is when they'll come through and they'll want to say please forgive me so they'll fall on their knees and then that's them for the living to make that choice because I can't make them but on the other side on the other side for the spirit again that is for them to show their remorse and the spirits I do work in love and light only so the spirits that I've been dealing with are always full of remorse and want to get that across to people living. And I know on the other side that they would have to work through that with all the, the higher beings, like I say. And so they wouldn't have to live in this fraternity. No, that is the answer to your question. Now, I'm a, a Greek Orthodox, so we just had uh, Saturday of the Souls. Uh, and whenever we, you know, we go into a church, we, we light a candle for those that have passed yeah. on. What, what, what do they see on the other side when we light a candle for someone? I think it's wonderful because it's the light. And what it is, is um, it's almost, it's a feeling of joy. It's of peace. Obviously, I was raised Catholic. I very much like the candles. I think it's really important. It's a sense of, um, it's almost like sending it out to the universe, almost like sending it out to the spirit world, sending it out to our loved ones. And it's about an intention. This is what it is. It's a pure peace, love intention. When you're lighting that candle and you're, you're talking and praying, you know, people can say praying, whatever it is, whatever you, you're comfortable with. It's also talking. So it's talking to the spirit. To Sorry, I got to cut in. We just have a, a phone ringing here. Sorry about that. One second. <laughs> no worries. Someone's going to pick it up in a second on upstairs. I'm trying to get my studio built underneath the stairs here, and I don't have it done yet, and then I won't hear that stuff. I know, bless. Don't worry at all. Okay. All right, so it stopped ringing. Um, so we were just in the middle of a thought here. You were saying... Yeah, so uh, with the light candle, um, with regards to, you know, when people do do that, um Again, it is literally sending that out to them in the spirit world and uh, it's sending out a thought, sending out a knowing, and it's a peaceful thought. It's almost like it's an intention, isn't it, at the end of the day? Because when you light that candle, you say a prayer and you can say it's a prayer, it's talking. When you talk in your head or you talk out loud, our loved ones hear us. Either way, they hear our thoughts. So it is, it's remembering them as well, and that's really important. Now, the other thing uh, I, I, I believe in, and, and that is, you know, people say that funerals are for the living, you know, you're, you're there to get closure and so forth, but I, I don't subscribe to that. I, I think that funerals are very important for the people that have passed on, that it's important that we pray, we pray for them, and there is that journey that they're going on. Uh, you know, you have a memorial after, after the first, is it the first 40 days? Because they're going, 
on this journey. They're transitioning. Do you yes. do you subscribe to that idea? Oh, I think it's fabulous. Absolutely. Um, it's my ber- it's my sister's birthday, February the 18th, this weekend, and we're we're going out for a meal to celebrate her life, and um, with a funeral. Absolutely, spirit. Uh, every spirit people, uh, you know, I've brought through. They are at their funeral. They, you know, they love all that. Whatever way you want to do it, it's their, it's their life. You're talking about their life, you know. And the thing is, it's, um, yes, it's important to the living. Of course, it's important to the living. And afterwards, whether they're cremated or buried and however people want to remember that, you know, that, that as well, that's fine. But for the spirit world, yeah, absolutely. Any way of anything connected to them whether it be their funeral or afterwards celebrating their birthdays or, how, you know, like at Christmas time or any, any holiday occasion. It's, it's, about, it's about what it is, really, the message here is treating them as if they're still with you because they are. Did they tell you what they're doing on the other side? What is their, I won't use the word daily life because I don't think they measure time that way, but what is... <laughs> their existence like on the other side what do they do from what i understand i know that they're helping a lot of people on the earth plane so like my loved ones your loved ones very much around us very much trying to keep us here to be sort of helping us along the pathway because before we come into the body we've all made these soul contracts of what we what we've come back to to choose to do whether it's to learn forgiveness tolerance patience whatever so they will try and help us and guide us. So they're very much with us. They're not with us 24-7, so you do have your private time. Um, but they have they have their things still over there as well because we're, while we're here, we're learning. But when you go back to the spirit world, you're still learning. Our souls, you know, we talk about new souls, old souls, but our souls are always learning. And even when they go back, they're still learning. But obviously, they understand more. They see the bigger picture. It's almost here we have all these human emotions that bog us down, like jealousy, rage, anger, and all this. It just doesn't exist over there because they understand it all. They see it all from a different... They see it from, like, a whole picture. You know, like, here you're like, oh, I don't like you, you don't like me, whatever. Whereas over there, they get the bigger picture. They understand it all. So for them over there, it's almost like they're still learning but they're helping us and guiding us to fulfill what we came back here to do. Because again, we have chosen what we want to do before we come into the body. We do the soul contract and then they're going to, like my sister is helping me to do what I've come back to do. And I am a graphic designer. I mean, I design book covers, but I was meant to do my mediumship work. And this is why when I was sort of saying, I really didn't want to do it when she first passed away, she kept coming to me saying, you will do this. <laughs> and she wasn't being mean. She wasn't being mean, but she was saying, this is part of your contract. And she wasn't interfering and not allowing me to have my free will. But she knew that, and this one, people say they're frightened of the spirit world. I get that because I grew up with fear and I hated it. It freaked me out. I mean, my sister was very sick and I was seeing dead people. I, I was really badly bullied. Um, it freaked, I hated it or I just wanted to be normal so I do get that and it took me time to get over that fear you know but I fought through it because when she passed I thought I knew in, I could feel it inside me as well I had to do this and that is what made me push past being frightened of spirit and I pushed past it all 
and now I love it and they're always here and I don't have a problem but this is why when people say I'm, I'm frightened I'm scared I say I understand you but this is why every reading I do I always help people to be able to do this themselves so they don't have to go and see me and they don't have to come back to me because you can do this yourself and I refuse to think that I'm gifted because I'm not and this is why everybody that leaves my reading they always have an understanding of communication with spirit and it isn't wrong and it's not bad and I know people do think that but it isn't Siobhan how do people reach you? They can reach me on Facebook so if you just type in my name my name's Siobhan Smith which is S-I-O-B-H-A-N Smith and I come up and my little photo will come up it's a white square box and it will have the words medium in black and that is how you can reach me. So just search me on Facebook. Great meeting you, and I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Richard. Lovely to speak with you. Likewise. Siobhan Smith. Thank you very much. Quite a remarkable woman. All right, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I want to give you a heads up on what's coming up on the next installment of Conspiracy Unlimited. Before that, hey, just a reminder, if you want to get in on the weekly draw and a chance to win my Strange Planet CD, here's what you need to do. Rate and review this podcast. First, subscribe, of course, if you haven't already done so, and then rate it and review it. Grab a screenshot of that and email it to me at richardserrett one at gmail.com Richard Serrett, the numeral one, at gmail.com and I draw a name every Friday. Good luck. Hey, how is your weight loss program coming along? Unfortunately, the commitment to weight loss fades quickly, often within the first 90 days. The key is having the right mindset. Getting thin and staying that way lies in our thought processes and hypnotherapy actually can make all the difference. Now, clinical hypnotherapist Dr. Stephen G. Jones has created a set of five audio hypnotic sessions that apply the power of hypnosis to reprogram the mind and replace bad habits with vibrant, positive new habits and help you achieve natural and long-lasting weight loss. Weight loss hypnotherapy really works, and it's available now at a special discount. Isn't it time to lose those extra pounds? Check out Weight Loss Hypnotherapy right now at smartclicksavings.com. That's smartclicksavings.com. Coming up on the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited, in search of the entrance to our hollow earth with explorer Brooks Agnew. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.